0: Through their investment in the corn checkoff, Minnesota's corn growers are fueling research that builds a more sustainable future for farmers and all Minnesotans. Each month, we will be speaking with the researchers who are leading the projects helping farmers become better stewards of the land and developing
1: new markets that increase profitability. Our guest today is Brad Carlson, Extension Crops Educator at the University of Minnesota. I'm sure you get asked a lot uh, about Nitrogen Smart. People that that hear about Nitrogen Smart, but they're not completely familiar with with what the program is, what what it's all about. So when you get asked that question, how do you respond?
0: Well, we like to talk about nitrogen and this behavior in the environment, and the fact that uh, things are uh, not always going to be the same from one year to the next, and one situation to the next. And while it may. Appear sometimes like our nitrogen recommendations and best management practices are sort of a, a one size fits all. They they certainly are regional in nature. That in reality uh, things do change from one year to the next, and in different soil conditions and so forth. And so this isn't uh, this isn't really an art uh, per se because we can understand the science behind how nitrogen behaves in the environment and what conditions affect that. Uh, in terms of nitrogen loss, nitrogen movement, uh, of nitrogen availability, uh, nitrogen mineralization from soil organic matter that contributes uh, significantly to the total nitrogen pool, uh, and so forth. Those things are are noble, maybe not precisely, but we can get a pretty good idea. And so what we like to stress for farmers is at least have a base plan, which probably is starting with recommended practices, but then keep track of what what the year is shaping up like uh, climate-wise, condition-wise, and, of course, uh, farmers pretty much all have a good handle on what their fields and their soil types are like. And then if, if it's necessary to adjust your nitrogen management based on soils and conditions, you know, do that based on science, based on what we know as far as how nitrogen behaves uh, and so forth. And so Nitrogen Smart is an educational program, it starts with talking about how nitrogen behaves in the environment and the nitrogen cycle and things that affect uh, the transformations of nitrogen and its movement in the environment and so forth. And then, of course, we cross over into the fertilizer applications and talk about the uh, the fate and the crop use and, and uh, so forth. And so in that way, we kind of empower the farmers to have the knowledge to make those decisions on their own uh, you know, from, again, from one field to the next and from one year to the next based on conditions.
1: Yeah, conditions, a factor, location, as you pointed out, a factor. What about time of year, Brad? And I guess what I'm, I'm getting around to is we are, are, are quickly uh, moving from summer to autumn. And uh, as crops come out of the field, we're also looking at fertilizing those fields. And, and certainly nitrogen plays a, a pretty big role in that.
0: Right, well, the time of the year um it has a couple of factors to it obviously the The biggest one is that the later we go in the year, the colder it is getting. Uh, the transformations of nitrogen in the environment are microbial in nature so uh, uh, That happens with soil microbes and as with all things alive a temperature is a factor in that Uh, uh, Microbes of course are not warm-blooded and so as it gets colder their activity slows down and that is the reason Why we recommend not making nitrogen applications until the soil temperature gets below 50 degrees? Uh, That is not the point at which microbial activity stops But it slows quite significantly, and I think we also have to recognize uh, pretty obviously or intuitively that when the soil temperature reaches 50 degrees, uh, we're actually not getting that far away from freeze-up, which is the point at which uh, that activity nearly does stop. So it it does typically give us a a two-, three-week window to get those applications done. And uh, that is, of course, in the parts of the state where we recommend uh, making nitrogen applications. And from there, uh, things get a little bit more nuanced uh, with respect to the fall applications. But uh, you know, we're, we're, we're pretty well uh, saying these days, uh, anhydrous ammonia is really your only good option for fall application. Um, you know, maybe there's some circumstances where ESM polycoated urea. Uh, may work, uh, particularly in places that are drier and, and field uh, conditions that are drier. Uh, that research, though, has still not uh, reached its conclusion uh, yet. But the, uh, the research the last few years has shown that fall urea really is just not an advisable practice. Uh, uh, for minnesota the the losses are pretty extensive uh not just from an environmental standpoint, but just simply from uh spending money on on fall application area so that's kind of the the main features uh we're looking at with the fall applications Of course, we know that the state Department of agriculture uh has has and they've been doing some publicity here lately that the nitrogen rule. Uh, With fall application restrictions has now gone in place in Minnesota. Uh, The areas where you are no longer allowed to apply nitrogen pretty much amount to the places we've been saying for years not to be doing uh, the application uh, sandy or or light soils, blessed soils in the southeast uh, and so forth. I don't personally view these uh, these restrictions on fall application as impacting a lot of people because most farmers weren't making fall applications in those places anyway.
1: You mentioned uh, a two- to three-week window, and uh, certainly that can vary. And, and I think about the last couple of falls, Brad, and uh, last year uh, was extremely wet, and it continued to be wet all season long. And I know that hampered a lot of farmers' ability to get out there and get fall fertilizer applications done. Uh, I would think that, that folks are more optimistic about this fall given the current conditions, but you never know what Mother Nature is going to do in a, in a month or even, you know, a couple of weeks.
0: Well, that's right, but I guess the other thing I would like to point out, though, is that loss of nitrogen is water-based, and so the extent to which things were really wet last fall uh, and, and it didn't allow us to get the field operations done, um, we also have to then realize that that also was the conditions whereby we were set up to lose a lot of nitrogen. So in a lot of cases, uh, wet or heavier soils, fall application probably wasn't the best uh, expense of your money. It may not have necessarily been an environmental consequence because a lot of that nitrogen is, is just changed back into, into gas and goes back into the atmosphere, but it's a loss nonetheless uh, that, that makes your... Uh, expensive fertilizer dollar less efficient you know as we're coming into this year right now things are tend to be fairly ideal Uh, there's been places around the state that have actually been fairly dry Uh, then there's other parts of the state that are bumping in around uh, field capacity where i live in wasica county I wouldn't necessarily call it wet, but uh, we certainly have no moisture deficit, and and, uh, frankly, um, we don't have a lot of capacity to absorb more water in the soil profile, maybe a little bit. But then again, uh, when the crop matures, it's done using water, and then, of course, as it gets cooler and the days get shorter, the evaporation loss is going to be less also, so, uh, you know, we could be sensitive to actually uh, saturating or hypersaturating the soil to where we've got ponding uh, and so forth, and so that is, of course, something to keep an eye on. You know, as I already mentioned, the infrastructure and the ability at the retail level to do in-season applications and particularly to do uh, urea applications uh, with uh, spin spreaders and floaters and so forth uh, is such now that uh, we really aren't looking at a lot of issues relative to getting the uh, nitrogen applied in the spring. As an industry, we can we can handle that. I think it becomes more of a time management uh, a factor for farmers and, and for the retailers than anything.
1: As you said at the beginning, nitrogen smart in educational program. What will that programming look like in the months to come, Brad, given that we are in a in a pandemic and, and we really don't know uh, what what the future holds?
0: Yeah, we, we don't know for sure. Uh, the online version of the training is live and available. Uh, you can find that at what we call a Z-Link. Uh, so that is the web address is z, as in zebra, z.umn.edu slash nitrogen smart all one word and you can uh, get on the training so if you've never done the fundamentals training you have the opportunity to do that from start to finish Uh, it is about a three-hour program but you can uh, you can uh, leave the site and come back and rejoin it uh, uh, where you left off, uh, so you don't need to necessarily budget uh, three hours in front of a computer is a lot, uh, as those of us who have been working a lot from home lately could tell you. Uh, but uh, uh, that that's going to continue to be available and an option uh, regardless of what happens. Uh, we are also in the process of developing our advanced nitrogen smart session that is relative to manure management, manure application. Um, it's, you know, we've had some hurdles relative to, uh, you know, the work restrictions and so forth with getting that thing produced, but we are still optimistic that that will be available after the first of the year, uh, as an online course also, uh, myself and Dan Kaiser, who's our state nutrient management specialist, who is our, our point person for best management practices, Dan and I, uh, are the primary architects for the, uh, you know, the main um, nitrogen smart curriculum. We are also in the process of developing a new advanced curriculum uh, that deals with uh, adjusting to weather conditions and climate conditions. So we're going to look much more closely at uh, how much rain we've gotten and what soil moisture is and what performance is and what kind of adjustment needs to be made under those circumstances. Uh, How do we... Evaluate nitrogen loss if it's been really wet, and some things like that. Uh, uh, so we're uh, ho- we're intending to have that advanced course done you know, for this winter. As far as what will happen for in-person meetings, I guess we're just going to have to stay tuned. Uh, you know, at this point, uh, the university has pretty well indicated that that nothing is going to be happening until the first of the year uh but uh, then again we didn't do a lot of meetings uh, prior to christmas time anyway between harvest and the and the holidays uh and so we'll kind of have to see from there um you know i guess we'll all just kind of keep our fingers crossed for a, a vaccine and and for uh having the the covid situation kind of uh uh, go to the point where we can uh, get back in person and do some meetings around the state and uh, we're pretty flexible and so you know even if it looks like uh things are going to be restricted after the first of the year uh we are still optimistic that if say in uh you know mid February you know they start saying we can start doing in person we can still come back and run a series of meetings in March uh, but I guess we're just going to have to let some time lapse uh, right now before we can uh, really uh, come out and make uh, any uh, concrete uh, comments about that.
1: Uh, let's close by touching on the, the cooperation and collaboration between Extension and the Minnesota Corn Growers Association.
0: Well, Nitrogen Smart uh, it is a program uh, supported uh, almost entirely by the Minnesota corn growers. I give them an awful lot of credit for... Uh, recognizing that nitrogen management issues water quality concerns are a big challenge to the industry there's I think we've all seen the uh, threat of uh, pending uh, regulation and so forth, and just simply coming from a good stewardship standpoint, uh, we want to be the best stewards we can of our resources. Uh, and from an economic standpoint, you know, we've got a lot of data uh, to indicate what the best economic management is for the highest uh, profit level, but uh, with respect to fertilizer management, and so. All these things are combined into the Nitrogen Smart program and the uh, corn growers have been very generous with their support uh, uh, in, in uh, working with us and helping us with the development of the curriculum and then, of course, in supporting the costs of of uh, the uh... the actual meetings uh... that's why when a producer attends we have no cost to attend the corn growers have, have picked that often so um, that's been a very g- good relationship for us i've gotten great feedback from the corn growers um, that they've been very pleased with the results of the program and the farmer feedback that they get and so uh... uh we just look forward to continuing this relationship into the foreseeable future
1: to learn more visit mncorn.org.